I was very worried about him not accepting my religion and my race. And but like I said, he's just he's different from the rest of the guys that I know of. He's like he's cool. He's like no, it doesn't concern me. I mean, like I love you for you, not because of your religion or your race. I think it was more because of the slowing down that we started like instead of focusing on the physical part, it was more like what are your interests? What are you know? Granted, there was you know the lust part of yeah, I want to be intimate, but you find more of a, a connection, intimate through connection of like knowing the person rather than physically. Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. So we've not only created an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Lawrence and Noreen. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, this will be a treat for all you listeners out there because this is actually Noreen's first trip to the United States, right? Yep. First trip, and you've been here for about two, two weeks and three days. Two weeks and three days, and I know you've been seeing a lot of great stuff, mm-hmm. including cows <laughs> and horses, and horses, <laughs> and raccoons, and raccoons. Oh, they, yeah. those are those are little nasty buggers, there, raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, before we get to your story, uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? How old are you, and how long have you been together? Uh, so I am going to be 37 next month. Uh, I'm 36. And we have, we initially met and started, I guess, dating, you know, that line between when you become friends and, you know, that was kind of a mixed thing. But uh, we, from the point we first, I asked her to start dating, um, we've been together for four years. Four years. Wow. Okay. And where are you guys from? I'm from Singapore. And United States. Cool. And what do you do for a living? And what was the coolest thing that the two of you have ever experienced together? Uh, So I'm a director of security, private security. Mm -hmm. I'm a paralegal. I'm doing intellectual property. And I guess the coolest thing jointly we've done, Mm -hmm. I, I would say, you know, on our honeymoon, going to Thailand and hiking and just uh you know getting out in nature and just spending time and experiencing new things not like a new thing for me or a new thing for her but jointly it was a new thing do you agree with that you'd say the same (laughs) (laughs) so can you guys tell us the story of how you met 
Uh, so I actually have friends that are living in Singapore that I had served with. Um, when Thank I was in you the for your service. Uh, and I had um, been coming out of a relationship and I was looking to travel more that now I had more free time. And they're like, hey, come on over and, uh, you know, sing Singapore. You know, it's a beautiful country. It's very safe, very clean. And I'm like, well, I don't really speak Singaporeese. And they're like, it's English, you idiot. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, so English is the language of Singapore. Yes, they were a okay. British colony. Um, and they actually gained their independence in the 60s. But, um, you know, they, they are just like the United States. They were a colonial uh, country at, at one point. Are, are there other languages that are spoken there? Yes, um, we have English is the main language, and then there's Malay, and then Mandarin, and Tamil. Wow, okay. And these are the four main languages. And how many languages do you speak? Um, I can speak English, English, <laughs> Malay, Arabic, and some Mandarin. Wow, yeah. mm, that's so great. Cool. So when she starts like getting upset with me, I'm like, I, I don't understand. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I had... My friends had reached out and they're like, hey, come on over, you know, the, it's a, uh, it will show you around. And I'm, you know, I was getting excited. I planned my trip and, uh, I was at the O'Hare and they're like, hey, uh, hate to do this to you, but, uh, we've actually got to go away for a business meeting and we can't show you around. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> but we have family friends that can, and they put me into contact with, um, Noreen's father and, I flew over, they met me, and, uh, you know, they just, as a family, they all um, kind of showed me around, and uh, she actually has a twin sister and a younger sister and, you know, the mother, and, you know, just as a family unit, we were kind of shown around, and uh, just she and I kind of hit it off, and, you know, we kind of kept in touch and just learned that, hey, even though we were raised in different, entirely separate um, Country. countries and, and separate Cultures. communities yeah. and, and niches and stuff it, it, we had a lot in common and uh, we, as the more we talked and the closer friendship it got then it became something a little bit more so your friends ditched you yeah. while you were at O'Hare ready to go yep. wow and then so now you, sh you, f you show up in Singapore and you're shown around it's like by a foreign exchange student right? yeah. <laughs> by a family that you don't know Wow. <laughs> what did you think, Noreen, of him? Oh, um, when I met him the first time, I just look at him like as a friend. So uh, we show around Singapore and the food, and then when he has to like return back to the States, he'll be like, oh, I'll be coming back. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm like, yeah, you won't, he won't come back. Because in my mind, it's like American, you know? Yeah, yeah. and you were just friends at this time. Yeah, we were okay. friends. And then we started texting. And then I still remember exactly like two months after he texted me. He was like, hey, you know what? We should be more than friends. And I'm like, why is this guy asking me? Like, we just met once and we were texting like every day. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so in a way, it's like he fall in love with me first before. <laughs> <laughs> and then he grew on you. <laughs> yeah. So you were surprised that he had feelings for you? I was. I thought he was just like playing around. I mean, like uh, someone who came from another country, 
met you the first time and then texted you and then two months after asking you out then you're like uh okay so i was at that time i was just like okay if he's if he's playing around i want to play too so <laughs> so when he fly back again here in singapore i'm like okay he, he is for real so that's when i started to have feelings for him <laughs> What was it about the other person that you fell in love with? Uh, for me, it was not only just the, the we had common things like, uh, for example, we both love reading. Uh, she's like, oh, I'm a gamer girl, which she's not really like, I wouldn't call it a gamer girl. But uh, <laughs> I stopped gaming like when we dated. Uh, so there's, you know, the, the mutual interest on just knowing that there's something that we could start building our life off of not just uh hey she's female i'm male that's what it takes no it's more like as you start looking long term um it was for me it was like well how would i picture us sitting at home what are we doing type of thing and are we going to both be happy you know in our own lives but also are we going to be happy you know sharing our lives were, together? were you thinking this in the first trip no i was thinking it more like when I started, like, probably a few weeks before, I was like, hey, let's, maybe she'll be interested in dating me. When I was raised, it was always, you know, you don't date and then date and then date and date different girls. It was try to find that one person and think of just that one person, and that's who you're supposed to spend your life with. It wasn't like, hey, you date five, six, seven girls. So it's more like a commitment. Yeah, and then, mm -hmm. and you kind of focus on that one person, and then... You know, I, I was always taught, you know, you're not really going to find the one magically. It's more you find someone that is a good person and you grow together. That you should find that one person and, you know, where their flaws are, you kind of build into that. Mm -hmm. And they do the same with your flaws. And that's how, you know, my, my parents were. And uh, I guess they were the role model for me, and that's what I started thinking of her is, um, you know, we do have mutual interests, and we do have things that are in common that we can start kind of, it's not really our rough edges aren't going to always scrape together. We're just going to kind of mold together, and I started kind of picturing that the more and more we talked. And it was a, when we're saying we're texting, we're talking about, like, every day for, like, probably two, three hours a day. Wow. So. No. Texting every day, then we video chatted like like three, four times a week. Yeah. But for some reason, after we got married, we never video. <laughs> you stop video chatting. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm busy. I, I, I've got you already. You know. So. Well, what was it about him that you fell in love with? Um, because he kept chasing me. <laughs> no, um. Persistent. I, no, because um, like, um, in Singapore we have like, you know, foreigners, so we have people like, white people in Singapore, like British, Australian. So they are more like rowdy and they are more like boisterous. So when he asked me out, at that time I'm like, uh, like is he playing with me? So you thought he was the same. Yeah, I'm mm. sorry. <laughs> so, because, I mean, I've never dated much. I mean, m me and my siblings, I have two sisters. I've never dated, like, never. Is, ever. That, is that part of your culture? 
No, it's not. It's just me. Okay. So uh, my mom was a bit worried. She thought I'm like unique. Yeah. So um, and then I dated once with a wrong person. So it's like after that, I'm like maybe I'm I'm not the kind who ha- you know who mm-hmm. has to be in a relationship. So when he comes, um, and then he started texting me. I'm like, okay, maybe I should give it a shot. And you were like 33. I'm 36. But when you guys met, I was 30. 30. No, 30. 32. 32? Yeah, you're 32 because it's yeah. been four years. Oh, okay. So you hadn't really dated and you were in your 30s. Yeah, and then when I heard that he's in the Marines and all that, I'm like, oh, okay, this is why. Because we have Marines, like back then when I was in high school, mm-hmm. at that time Singapore have like this kind of like Marines coming over. They were like stationing there, I think like taking a break or something. And I saw with my two eyes how like they would jump from the top of the escalator at the bottom. <laughs> At that time, I was in high school. I'm like, wow, these guys are duh. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, I thought he's like that, but apparently he's not. He's different. He's unique. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> unique, good, not special. <laughs> when you say unique for us, it means something no, no, totally no, no, no. Different. What I mean is like, I find him different. He is different, different. from yeah, he's from very different. the rest of. Did your family have any concerns? Um, they thought like I gave up, like. I don't want to be in a relationship. Yeah. But they were okay with you dating him? Um, They're okay. My dad, first time, first impression, really likes him. Mm-hmm. Even my mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's kind of unfair for us because we, we kind of know Lawrence for, <laughs> for a while now. <laughs> When you so when you talk about the Marines being boisterous, uh, we we kind of know that. <laughs> I've already warned her, like among my group of close friends, that I'm told multiple times to calm it down. <laughs> so this is this is very interesting, right? Because you meet her family, mm-hmm. you meet her, and then you know you you start to have these feelings. Mm-hmm. And you're in a place in your, in your life that you're not dating and you've almost sworn off relationships. And then he kind of worms his way into your life. Yeah. And did you guys have any concerns about like the difference in cultures and cultural background? I was very worried about him not accepting my religion and my race. And But like I said, he's just... He's different from the rest of the guys that I know of. He's like, he's cool. He's like, no, it doesn't concern me. I mean, like, I love you for you, not because of your religion or your race. And then I spoke about the distance. That's like one big thing that like kind of like makes me like reconsider. Like, is this, it's hard. I mean, like distance in a relationship, but he made it work. He kept flying back. And forth, back and forth. So, like, how, how long I between that when you guys started texting till you saw each other again? Sorry, say again? How long until you saw each other, like, the second time? Um, like, he will come, like, every three or four months. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's been uh, 15 or 16 trips. So Would you far. stay with her family still? or? Uh, so, when I initially was flying, you know, um, because of her culture, when we started dating and her, you know, she had told her dad that we'd started dating, 
then uh, the Islam kicks in, and we were chaperoned the entire time. Okay. Uh, so that, I, that's I, part of the culture. Yeah. Yes. That's that is part of the culture, and I say that with parentheses because not exactly culture. It's more like my mom. She's yeah. very protective of mm-hmm. her daughters. It's like a traditionalist, um, but you know, modern mm-hmm. day, you know, just like all other cultures, everything adapts. So, like modern day, you see people that are in that faith, and they date just like everyone else but her mom is kind of like a very protective and traditionalist right. and she's like no no papa you go follow them and make sure he doesn't do anything he's not supposed to do so it was your dad that chaperoned yep i'm poor that so when you said that you were kind of afraid that he wouldn't accept your religion we're talking about islam correct yes okay and in singapore is that the leading uh religion um no it's uh it's statistically it's 14 there's like 14 percent of the country it's a very it's a melting pot of southeast asia mm-hmm. uh so singapore is very westernized and that was one of the shocking things for me is going over there and like oh my gosh they have everything we have you know and i remember um we were walking through like their pedway system like we have here in chicago and making smelling a very faint smell and i'm like oh that that sounds smells familiar and i go around the corner and it is uh the popcorn um garrett's garrett's popcorn i'm like are you kidding me (laughs) like everything's just yeah Yeah. so it's um so they are very much a melting pot so you have uh hindi uh islam christian buddhist everything is there Mm -hmm. um they are you know 14 percent by statistics of Muslim, but it is, and I believe it's closer to like 30 or 40% Catholic and just a little of everything is there. What was your experience like that had to slow down the pace of the relationship, especially physically, right? Uh, yeah. Did that, did that change something for you as a person, you know, bonding with someone and being part of a relationship that might have been different? Yeah, I think that uh, instead of rushing to be physically intimate with someone it was more you know you actually get to know them and you especially when their dad is right there behind you watching you you know (laughs) it was like her dad is really cool he was he was just like you know i understand you guys it's okay to hold hands and things like that um it was whenever her mom was with us as a family unit we were going out and uh I was kind of always teasing her, like, oh, you can't touch me. Nope, mom's watching. You know, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And uh, her mom's like, don't be naughty. You know, so, so I was always teasing her and having fun with it. And uh, I think it was more because of the slowing down that we started, like, instead of focusing on the physical part, it was more like, what are your interests? What are, you know, granted there was, you know, the lust part of, yeah, I want to be intimate, but you find more of a, a connection, intimate through connection of like knowing the person rather than physically. Um, it kind of force mm-hmm. you to focus on nurturing the emotional connection then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Th- that's an interesting thing, you know, in the, I don't know, when my parents got married, nobody had sex before they got married. Mm-hmm. Right. And then <clears throat> it's kind of like, who knows now, whatever people choose. And I think they, it's so easy to jump into the physical, but I think that leaves something else out. Mm-hmm that you don't really get to have more of the heart-centered connection. Would you guys recommend that? I think it's definitely something that is on a case-by-case basis, simply because it really worked for us because we also have the long-distance factor in Mm -hmm. place. But 
you know, if the couple is very physically intimate and that's their focal point and it works for them, that's great. But at the same time for us, it wouldn't have worked because we would have been like, oh, we can't physically be together. And because we're, we're separated by so much distance, if our focus point is that physical connection, it wouldn't have worked. But the fact is, even when I was physically there with her, it was about the connection, about what we're actually saying to each other and finding interest in each other. Mm-hmm. We could con- continue that when we were 9,000 miles apart. That's like 15,000 kilometers for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing you had to adjust <laughs> to, right? Yeah. <laughs> and was, it, was that different for you than the other guy that you dated? The one you said I had one boyfriend and he wasn't a good pick? Uh, you, what? So you dated someone before? Yeah, a very wrong person. And how is this different for you than that one? It's very, Lawrence is mm-hmm. the, of course it's different. He's different, he's honest, he's good, he's handsome, he's cute, <laughs> he's nice, he's generous, he's kind. Yep. So you were able to have more trust and feel safer in this relationship? One thing about Lawrence is he's very honest with everything, so I think that's what makes part one of the things that I love him. Mm-hmm. He's very honest. I think honesty in a relationship is probably the greatest stressor if you don't have and fairly traumatic because well, you don't know what you're dealing with. It's like the mortar, you yeah. know, that holds bricks mm-hmm. together. Yep. It's, it, it you know solidifies a relationship. So yeah, absolutely. So at some point, so were you raised any religion? No. Well, my mother was Baptist, and um, my biological father was a Protestant. Uh, I was raised more like the Baptist thing. and uh, But as I, I was what they would call in Singapore a free thinker, so, you know, while I had a thinking that, you know, God did exist, but I didn't know what in form. You know, it wasn't, uh, this is the direct path to it, and this is the rules you have to follow. That wasn't really instilled in me as it were um so it was more yeah in my heart i feel there is a god but does that mean that it is strictly by these rules that's where you know i wasn't given any guidelines or Mm -hmm. whatever my mother wasn't like hey you have to go to church and you have to do it this way she was very supportive of learn about everything Mm -hmm. you know have find your own path and you know that was one of the wonderful things about her as well so how did you make that decision to, is it to become Muslim? Is that uh, the right way to say it? Yeah, to, okay. to become Muslim. And um, it was, for one, it, I understood that it would make our lives together a lot easier. I didn't feel that I was giving up anything to convert. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm Christian and I have to convert. And I, all these things that I've followed up until this point, I have to totally forget. And, and no, it was more... Um, you are gaining something in addition to it wasn't just like oh this is the path to her because her parents never made that as a rule they didn't say you have to convert this is the only way you two are together they were very pleased with that choice that I made um, but it wasn't this is a hard set you have to do this they were more what makes her happy and that's what we go through but I felt that you know it I wasn't losing anything by converting. I was gaining something. Uh, it was a very, um, it was 
a very easy process, you know, to be honest, to convert mm -hmm. and everything. It was more, I think the most difficult thing for me was just learning the Arabic to do so. <laughs> uh, but it was since day one in that decision to do so, uh, when I go to convert and everything, it was, um, I've been taught, you know, everybody I've spoken to is, Hey, uh, it's, it's what's in your heart. It, it's not, you know, as Americans were thought the middle Eastern, Islam and that's a very strict and it's very because we've gone to war to that and everything else That's not the case. That's not what it is. We weren't fighting You know Islam over there. It was fighting extremists and mm -hmm. we have those here in the States and you sure. know, all the, the evilness that's in the world it Every religion no matter who falls what it's about who the person is and mm -hmm. what Good they are. It's not these are the only things that follow for our lifestyle Islam is perfect and uh that's what is what it is and it, it's there are some relationship things that we're kind of still learning and working out and stuff and it's like hey you're supposed to do this and i'm like oh sorry i'm still learning that type of thing i kind of get to use that as a <laughs> in terms of the religion or in terms of the, the relationship uh it's a little of both um so so for example for here i was brought up as everybody's completely equal everybody mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're male female whatever in a relationship for us one of the things is hey you're i'm supposed to be the leader and i'm still kind of relaying on her like hey no you're 50 50 and she's like no it's more like 49.9 and 51 point. <laughs> you know it's, it's 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 equal but at the same time because of the background it is some things like no you're supposed to make the choice on this i'm going to support your choice but you're supposed to make it and for me there's still some learning curves there. Mm -hmm. um, what would be an example of something like that? Uh, so where we live, for example, I, okay. I, get, I would pick that. Okay. Um, where she's like, you're supposed to pick where we are living at. Like if it's in a certain part of Singapore, as it is Singapore, if it's the United States, I get that choice. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, I need your input <laughs> on this because right. it's a big choice. Uh, and and I know that you know you you're working you have a career but mm -hmm. the burden of um, burden of providing would would rest on your shoulders then right Lawrence uh, it does uh, now there is certain rules like for example allowance the husband is supposed to give the wife an allowance it's actually called allowance yes wow it is supposed to be it is called allowance so it is uh, and. This is something I recently learned, so <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so essentially what it is is like, hey, the husband is giving the wife an allowance for her to do with what she wants for that money, but that allowance is supposed to be applied to like house stuff, like getting groceries and things like that, um, whereas the husband is in turn still paying for the house and everything else. And, uh, and if the wife says, hey, I've put, you know, I get... Five hundred dollars uh, a month, and uh, four hundred of it's covered food. I get to spend the other hundred on whatever I want. You know, it's my money. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, for us, it's hey, she makes a salary. That's hers. That's you know, what do what she wants. Well, it's more like hey, she makes a salary. It goes into an account, and then part of it goes back to her. That's considered the allowance type oh, of thing. Okay. In, in some degree, I guess, in the States, we would do that. Yeah, like we personal budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's what Spending it is. Spending money. It's, yeah. it's, it's, so Just how people manage it. Yeah, and that's that's essentially what it is. It's it's more like, hey, here, it's not like you're telling your kid, like, hey, right. this is your allowance <laughs> and this is what you get. It's more like as a, it, just because the term 
allowances applied, it isn't like what we would consider it. And that's what, I guess that that's the connotation here in the United States with that word. Right. Correct. So, and it's, uh, I find, I'm finding that that's a big part of it is just in the communication that we have. It is, we have to have open lines of communication and it's more like, Hey, when, when there's a bump in the road, it has to be like, Hey, um, this is what the meaning behind this is. It, it's more like, Hey, you didn't give me an allowance. I, I feel like I, I feel like you're not supporting me in that method. And I'm sitting there like you have your salary. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're trying to, <laughs> I'm not understanding it fully. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 this is actually what it means. This is what the significance of mm-hmm. behind it is. And it's like, okay, thank you for teaching me that this is how we'll apply it mm. and we'll move forward from there. What did it feel like for you, for him to say he was going to convert? I was happy that because I I know that because he's honest and he's nice. So I thought like, okay, so he said that he wanted to convert. I'm like, okay, that's a good thing. But it wasn't a requirement for you. Um, it's actually a requirement to get married in Singapore. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So I was like, okay, so which means he's serious about this. Yeah. Yeah. So to clarify, when... In Singapore, there are two different ways to get married. There is something called... Civil marriage and mm-hmm. uh, ours was... Ram. I mean, we yeah. went to Ram. To yeah. So there's registry of Muslim marriage, Ram. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we, can, if we wanted to marry in that fashion, I had to convert. But to get married, there was another means to do so. It just made our life easier for me to convert. But it wasn't like her dad was like, hey, you have to do it this he's, form. Yeah, he's, in, he's really interested in Islam. Mm-hmm. Like every now and then he would like recite some Arabic words. I'm like, wow, this guy is good. So I think that's what makes you interested in Islam. Um, well, it's, it's, it's everything. It's not just, uh, it's the lifestyle is a little bit different as well. Um, what, what are some of the things you had to do in order to convert? Uh, well, no, to convert, you can do it at home. You don't have to go to church or but yeah, there any. were some rules you had to follow. Uh, well, the traditional ones like no pork. Um, I always was very strict on thinking, hey, you can't have alcohol. But, you know, her dad actually clarified like, hey, you know, you're not supposed to. But say you're doing it for business or a one drink here and there. It's more like the intent isn't to get fall down drunk and it's OK. You know, that type of thing. But at the same time, I'm, I try to respect that and not still not drink and stuff like that. But it's it's like lifestyle choices like that, things that you're not doing any longer especially here in the states the whole no pork thing considering you go to any menu and you're like (laughs) ah it's like everything it's like uh so that was a bacon fest in chicago (laughs) right yep so it's things like that uh but also like I think of myself as a very clean person in the initial part, but when I go to Singapore, she's like, no, you got to shower twice a day. I'm like, what? Because it's hot and humid, so you need to shower twice a day. It's not like here, it's nice and cool, even though in summer. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, I'm not... Or... So, I mean, is, is that part of the religion, or is that just cultural because of no, the country? No, it's hygienic reasons. Hygienic. Yeah. Okay. Is that all year round, even if it's not really hot? It's, yeah, it's all year round. So you just shower you twice a day. That's just if you don't, you smell like, especially when you get on the train in the morning, you can smell like well, someone doesn't shower and the, <laughs> the wind blows. <laughs> I hate that. 
What about prayers? Uh, so I'm still kind of in that learning it type mm-hmm. of thing. So her father, for example, has shown me the method of prayer. Um, it's a bit heavy, but he's like, I, I don't want to push him. It's like slowly nudging him. Um, so there is like a specific methodology, like you, the way you stand and then when you kneel and stuff. And then later on, I'll learn the Arabic portion of it because that, that's a much longer mm-hmm. item. Um, I don't, I haven't been following, you know, this many times a day and I haven't done that. But um, there are things that I'm slowly kind of adapting to. Uh, for example, I always, um, I do uh, fasting for Ramadan. We just finished that. Uh, my my staff really hate when I'm doing that because I don't get coffee in the morning, so they're like, <laughs> uh, they have to get there on their own. Yeah, then, okay. it's uh, it, it is rough kind of learning to do that. It just you know your body's like, hey, wait, and, why? and that is sun up to sundown. Correct. And is there any other restrictions during that time? You know, you can't you can't drink or eat during that time, and you're not supposed to have unpure thoughts. Uh, you're not think of, supposed to think of sex or any of that things. Uh, you're not supposed to think of like um, anger towards anyone, or it, it's supposed to be a cleansing and, and uh, period. And uh, for you know, for me personally, it's more like, hey, it's the liquid part. I can go without food all day long. <laughs> uh, it's the liquid part. And then something else. And like no water, even no water, anything. Wow. And if you're in Singapore and it's really hot, uh-huh. and no water. Yep, you get like you see puddle on the streets. <laughs> you'd be like. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how, how has that enriched your life to practice that? I've started fasting, you mean? Mm-hmm. Um, my parents doesn't, it's not really strict. Um, they started, um, I think I started fasting when I was in 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the full one month, it's like half a month, which I'm glad. But I know some of my friends, um, they made the children fast and the children was like like seven eight mm-hmm. and it's like i mean it's it depends on the parents mm-hmm. like how strict it is they, but they fasted for an entire month mm-hmm. yep well that's how they train the sundown. Sundown. sundown oh okay yeah that's how they train the children so my parents is very relaxed about it it's like you know you go go slow and steady don't push yourself mm-hmm. yep. even, even I, I i started praying when i was like kind of old 15 16 yeah that's how i learned to pray by copying my mom's mm-hmm. like up and down i do, don't know do I, men and women pray differently um the men leads mm-hmm. the women follows so it's like i just followed my mom like how she moves i don't know what's going on okay yeah so after a while i finally got it so that's what i want to do with him like for I him don't to lead him yeah yeah and it'll be a little easier once I've it's one of those things where you have to practice it to keep, mm-hmm. keep and you have to it. learn it from her dad yes and, and you practice it in the home or do you actually go to a mosque to do this in the home in the, in home. the home like you can go to the mosque uh, oh. I was actually just asked her this the other day it's like so like Sunday's coming up and you know here in the states everybody's going to church on Sunday and if that's what religion they have it's with the mosque, I understand, you know, the prayers go on throughout the day. Are, do you go there five times a day type thing? And she's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. It's, it's, you know, you can, and or there's a sermon after it, after the prayer. But mostly, you know, you can do it at home or in your house. If you're at work, you can kind of like here in the States, you can do religious accommodations and step off the side. And mm-hmm. So you could, you could never go to a mosque 
and still practice. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's, it is, that is all about what's inside of you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go like here, you know how there's baptism and you go to the church to do all that. That's not the case. To convert, you simply say uh, the Shahada in your heart anytime, like at your house mm-hmm. or whatever. As soon mm-hmm. as you say it, you've converted basically is how it works. Uh, for over there, because there was legal pieces of us getting married, I actually did have to go and, and get a conversion card <laughs> to show them like, hey, and there are actually parts of Malaysia, if I want to go to like a specific mosque, I have to show that conversion card because they see a white guy and they're like, hey, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, right. so they're like, hey, hey, wait a minute. But when I show them that, they'll let me into the, right. the mosque. So does it depend on what form of Islam? Like my, um, I'm half Iranian. Mm-hmm. And in Iran, I think it's the uh, Shiite uh, Muslim, right? Is predominantly in mm-hmm. Iran. Um, and I know the Sunni are typically in Iraq, mm-hmm. right? But what, I, I guess, what form of Muslim, and I, and I can just tell you, I don't know nothing really about the religion. <laughs> My father is Zoroastrian, and so, and I was brought up Catholic. So I'm kind of like a mutt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so what form of... of schools? Yeah, schools, um, I guess, yeah. Um, Shafi. Shafi. Yep. I was a Shafi. Um, which basically it's it there are certain rules that go like Like some schools you can touch a dog or something. Like for I think for yours. For for uh, Shiite? Yeah, Shiite. I wouldn't know, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> but for Shafi we are not allowed to touch dogs. And it's not because of that I have a fear of dogs. Like really scared mm-hmm. of dogs. Yep. So there are like they're a very commonology, uh, well-known rules. Like, you know, you're not supposed to consume pork or um, r- alcohol. But, for example, let's say the alcohol piece. Um, there are some schools where you can't even have it in perfume. You can't have it... Uh, Mouthwash. You're not supposed mm, to have like any, mm-hmm. any contact whatsoever with it. But then there are some that are like, hey, for medical practices, this is okay. And, you know, that... There like rubbing roles. alcohol. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. and it, they get a little bit more lax. I, I guess the best analogy would be here in the States, um, look at Amish, uh, the mm-hmm. Dutch Amish. Right. There are some group groups that are very, very strict, and they're very much uh, no electronics or this and that, and other ones are a little bit lighter on that. With, like the Mennonites. Yes. Right. So it's mm-hmm. different, uh, uh, different approaches, I guess, from uh, not just hey, this is strictly applied to this school. It's more, this is the generalization of what the school is, and this is the philosophy behind it, but this is, in this group of that school, this niche of community, how are they going to apply it? And mm-hmm. that's kind of what, uh, and the outside application as well, like, for example, Singapore is a very westernized, and they get a lot of influence from the West as well as other countries around the area, and with that, it, I guess they lighten the, the rules to some degree. And it, it, in the turn, comes down to what's in your heart. What is your intent? So here's an interesting question. Like, what came first, your, your decision to uh, convert or your decision to get married and engaged or engage and get married? Um, I think that they were very closely hand in hand. Uh, when we, when I, when I made the mental thing of I'm going to ask her to date me, mm-hmm because of my upbringing, it was, I'm going to ask her to date me with the intent to eventually marry if it goes successful. Mm -hmm. Um, 
knowing that if I get to that level, if I level up, I'm going to convert for us. So it was all kind of continuous um, because I, I'd had experience with, or I'd had exposure, not experience with, but exposure to uh, Islam just in general learning. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was going through and learning about you know, Buddhism and everything else, it was, um, it was kind of with that exposure, I, I wasn't scared of it, I guess you could say. I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't fearful of these are, I didn't have a, a wrong sense of that religion per se. Mm-hmm. So I always thought when we go to marry or when we start dating and eventually get to marriage, this is, you know, 90% of the chance that this is going to happen as mm-hmm. well. Has it, has that enriched your life? Yes, I, I think it has. I think that, uh, I've always been a happy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been very thankful of my life and, you know, everybody has ups and downs, but, uh, for the most part, it's, I guess, an optimist that I've always been, but I feel like it's one, it's kind of brought me closer to her, um, as we, as I learn about Islam and what to do and everything else, we as a family unit are getting closer. Um, you know, I love her with all my heart and with that, it's also a way to show her that I love her too. But, Cause I, by putting forth like, Hey, I'm, it wasn't like, Hey, I, I converted and now we're married and now that's the end of it. It's more like as I learn and get closer to the religion and stuff, I'm also getting closer to her because for me, it's, this is something I understand it's very important for her as well. You know, it's very much like when we have children, they're going to be raised, Mm -hmm. um, in Islam as well, you know, and that's, I would think just the, um, the discipline and structure of it would mm. be very, uh, f- feel like really safe and give you like a, a foundation. Mm-hmm. We, we practice some um, 40 day spiritual practice, okay. s- sort of similar. And that's how it feels when we're doing it. It feels like your life has more purpose and meaning mm-hmm. and you're not just doing what you feel all the time. And so that resistance of doing what you feel, I think matures you, mm-hmm. grows you up. Well, I mean, besides that, the research shows that a common spirituality mm-hmm. between a couple, it actually solidifies the relationship a lot more, and it's a very important factor, regardless of what that spirituality is. Right. Right. So Also, because when we were dating, like when we were just friends, he's very curious. He'll be like, why, why are you doing this? How come? All sorts of questions. And I think he's really interested. Like um, when he came over like to have lunch at my house, my parents' house. I think he's not used to uh, the woman serves. <laughs> like how, like when we serve the guests from mm-hmm. Malay, like we really serve, like put it on a tray, like, and then you bend over and then you put like the drinks on the coffee table. So he's not used to that. So he's very curious. He'd be like, why are you doing this? All were were you questions. able to answer him? Or did you like, just learn it and you don't I know what? I was like, this is how I do it. This is how I grow. Uh-huh. So he's like very curious. Like he wants to learn. Like, oh, okay, this guy, really curious. So, so in your culture, there's a very definite uh, behaviors for yeah, women like and men. There's a specific manners. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you like about that? My, you mean like how I grew up with? Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be sometimes very restricting. Okay. Sometimes, but I think like you get used to it. It's like natural. 
was there a time in your life when you know you were a little rebellious and I uh, yeah me and my sisters we would do some rebellious things but yeah we get to cover it so they would, my parents would know <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the restrictions that are just for women uh, my my mom she would like you can't go out like you can you have to come home at specific time like at five it's just so early so mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> why can you go so what me and my sisters did is we would like cover for each other be like okay if mom asks just tell her that all right i'm going to school or blood or whatever and then she's like okay so we look out for each other and i think when we were dating lawrence can see like oh you sisters are so close (laughs) (laughs) did you always live with your parents um yeah i've been no i've been living for like three years away from my parents because I thought I want independence but I guess I still want my parents with me <laughs> so <laughs> is that common in your culture uh, yeah, that, in Singapore, that women stay with their families no, no in Singapore the children tends to live with the parents mm-hmm. it's a common thing so uh, until you got married and then it's, it's your decision whether you want to stay away but from that's a parents. choice you could live on your own mm-hmm. yeah. if you want to yeah, yeah. but most people don't so since you've been here, have you been noticing any of the gender differences here in the United States? Um, gender differences? Mm-hmm. Like how, how men and women are different here and how they act differently here in the, in the United States? Um, I don't really notice. You didn't notice? Yeah, okay. I don't really notice. I think she was too busy with uh, taking photos of all the animals <laughs> and all the buildings and stuff. Well, I, I know in some Muslim traditions, like... Um, the the spouse or women they sit in the back seat of the car. Oh no! Not in in your yeah. country. Okay. No, it's not like that strict. It's not that yeah. strict. Yeah. Okay. And then like a, it's a very westernized country, but I mm-hmm. found it very easy to adapt when I went over there. Um, it, and granted, most of the Caucasian individuals over there are from Europe or or Australia, but uh, I felt like I was in a very very clean version of any city in the United States when I went over there. I was like, this is great, you know? Wow. And uh, so it was, culturally, it wasn't like a huge shock. Mm-hmm. It was more like when we went to her family and stuff and I was trying to learn because if I'm going to be in that family, I didn't want to come in blind. Um, and that's what I always thought, like dating is like kind of an interview. It's what you're doing. It's, <laughs> right, you know? applying for a job. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's one of the other things I loved about her was her family as a unit where they are a unit. Like if I'm, if I'm marrying her, I'm kind of marrying the family too because mm-hmm. they are so close. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be wrong of me to say here in the United States we don't have that because every family is their own little niche and everybody has their own you know, grouping. Mine personally, we were very much... Um, if there's trouble, we'll help each other. But otherwise, you're on your own. Uh, you know, I'm not really close with my own family. So to see her, how close she is with hers, you know, I was like, oh, I want that too. You know, that, that's that's great. I want. Yeah, I think we've lost some of that. Yeah. What was it like for you over there? How is the culture different and how men and women behave? Um, so it, I guess because it's what district you're in. Uh, partially if you are it's a very touristy country so it, to see like Singaporeans and stuff um, I think as a community one of the things that 
I saw was here in the United States, we're a very individualistic society. It's I'm more important than the society. I have my own rights. I have the constitution protects me from all this stuff over there. They're more of a, um, they're more of a social niche. Like they very docile. They, yeah, they, they, well, they, they do things like everything is done. What is the better benefit of the community? For mm -hmm. example, when you get onto the trains over here, um, it's whoever sits wherever and it doesn't matter if there's individual that's pregnant or elderly or d handicap. Hey, I was here first. I don't care what that sign says. I'm going to do what I want. Um, with rare exception. Whereas over there, it's very well known. Like, Hey, if you sit in those seats and somebody of elderly gets on, you are getting up for it. And no one even has to say anything. You see children getting up or teenagers that are on their phones as soon as they see like they look up and they see somebody is elderly they're gonna move just it was refreshing to see that um here you know we may have rules to say hey don't eat in this area don't do this stuff people still do it but over there if it's a rule they all follow it as a society which was really nice that's a, that's very interesting and and you know when we say here we are talking about Chicago, correct? <laughs> Chicago, but right? I, I also say, I say personally, I say here as well, like San Francisco. Yeah. I lived in San Francisco for four years and it's it was similar. kind of similar. <clears throat> it was similar there. Because I mean, we've had the experience of going down in Texas and right. Texas, very is, in Texas is very different yeah. as well. I mean, obviously there's, I don't know if a teenager would get up if, <laughs> on, <laughs> on a train, but they are very yeah. respectful and, you know, it's a very different culture. Mm -hmm. You know, they have much more conservative values. So I, I think that it really depends on kind of where in the country, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I would say as a whole, the United States obviously is going to be very different than the sure. culture, you know, mm -hmm. in, in Singapore. Um, how, how did the engagement process happen? Because we haven't even touched that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know... The difference right the engagement um i didn't know he just we just had like a dinner family dinner and he he brought like a bag a plastic a paper bag um yeah with so a book with a book with a like a thick um thick journal book so he passed it to my dad and my dad was like passed it to me so i was like mm, why are they passing me this like a very thick journal book so I open it, there's a locker there, I open it and I saw like pictures, he put pictures of the family and then right at the bottom is, um, he like, he cut it like a hole at the back page and the engagement ring was right in there, I'm like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> I was wow. like, oh. And then what happened? I, w I was like staring at the ring and, and then uh, my, my mom was like, oh, there's a ring inside. So I was like, oh, okay. So I just like took the ring and like, it's awkward because everyone is staring at me. So I'm like, oh, it's nice. Because everybody knew that was happening. I, I yep. think yeah, yeah, yeah. they knew. Except <laughs> me. Did, did you formally ask her or was it just all done through that? So initially it was actually, it started, the entire process started um, the trip before that. Uh, when we had, it was, I believe it was um, her parents, the two of us and her younger sister, we had gone, um, I was being chaperoned once again. <laughs> uh, we, we were at a butterfly garden and uh, her and her sister were off doing, you know, whatever with a butterfly. And uh, I was over with her parents and I had, like you would hear in the States, I asked her father, like, hey, can I marry Noreen? And, uh, you know, they were excited. They were very happy. And 
her mom <laughs> was like, you need to get her a ring now. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, she was like, you need to get her a ring uh, because that way other guys won't hit on her type of thing. And I was like, well, we don't really do that our way. Cause I was trying to, I, I've always kind of mixed the cultures, um, both, you know, you know, uh-huh. I wasn't going to sacrifice everything of my upbringing. It was as a family unit, we were coming together, should be a little bit of me and a little bit of her. So I was trying to respect everything they do. And from what I had understood and kind of conversed with her so duly was that, um, you know, it, it was okay to uh, wait to give the ring. It wasn't like I had to follow her mom's instructions, like get her a ring now. <laughs> get her off the market. Yeah, so it was, uh, <laughs> th- I got the permission ahead of time, and then over the course of three months and stuff, that's when I had you know, gotten the ring. And I was actually, I had engaged her sisters, like, hey, uh, so there are like a million types of rings. What kind <laughs> does she like? And you know, I was trying to get information from her. Did you know her ring size? I didn't. They they, <laughs> they got it for me. So oh, I, look at that. I engaged the family as well. <laughs> so uh, they were helping me out. So then, was that kind of a traditional engagement for Singapore? No, it's not. No. no. What is it usually like? It's. I think it's his tradition. <laughs> <laughs> do they have a certain tradition that they do? I'm, I'm not aware of. Like the Malay, okay. like for example, how did your sister? Oh, oh yeah, the, my younger sister. Um, so the guy's family would come over with uh, food, with a feast, uh, with a feast, and then the the parents would talk to my dad, like um, like I would we would like to you know ask your daughter for engagement or something. There's a certain words they say it, mm-hmm. and then my dad was like, okay. So, yeah. so it's the That's parents like that are actually yes. doing the engagement, really. So yeah, the, no, they will bring the whole family, like the parents mm-hmm. and the guy, and yep, the siblings. Is there any arranged marriage in Singapore? No. Okay. Was there ever? No, that I'm aware of. Okay. So one thing to understand also about Singapore is that um, while it is kind of a melting pot, they do make very clear distinctions of what type of Singaporean they are. Mm. Uh, so. She is Malay Singaporean, Mm -hmm. which means like her background and culture is coming from Malaysia. So uh, there are Chinese Singaporean and uh, what other types? Yeah, we have Malay. So it it doesn't mean like you're from Malaysia. Like I was telling, I was talking to his dad yesterday. Um, Like my dad is um, Indian and Scottish and my mom is Javanese from Indonesia. It's that quite a combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, I grew up, people talk to me in Mandarin because they think I'm Chinese, mm-hmm. which I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Yep. So, um, um, so, that, so my race would be Malay, but doesn't mean I'm from Malaysia. So, yep. So I have a friend. Um, his husband is uh, Indian, Muslim, and she's mm-hmm. a Malay. But because of, I think there's a certain rules, like you have to follow your husband's race. So that child would be called Indian in the ID card or something. So they have ID Mm -hmm. cards and distinction. Yeah, like you have to follow your, your, the dad's, the father's, the race. Yes, we have that here. Oh, okay. Right? But it's very complicated now. Yeah, like our son. Categories don't work anymore. Who knows what our son is? He's Uh, such uh, a melting pot. Right. (laughs) Yeah, your parents are, are t- 
two different cultures. Half Filipino, half Iranian. Oh. And wow. then So what do you call yourself? A, a Filipranian. <laughs> 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 yeah. And all you know is American culture. Right. So yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's a melting pot also there. So you guys have um a decision to live in one or both cultures. Mm-hmm. What's your preference? Uh, definitely Singapore um, for a multiple of reasons. You know, while I love America, you know, I've served in the military. And, uh, you know, I, one of the things that she makes a comment on is like, as we're going around, she's like, wow, there's a lot of flags around here. It's like, we are a very patriotic country. We are very, um, it's what our upbringing is. At the same time, it's very easy to adapt to Singapore for me just because of how westernized they were. I mean, they had McDonald's, so I'm, I'm good there. <laughs> but uh, when it came down to it, it's it's a lot of different factors. For example, uh, they were recently actually just um, rated as the number one country in the world to raise a child. Uh, they beat out Switzerland for wow. that. Uh, they are the cleanest and safest country in the world. At the same time, they have a ton of freedoms. Um, like you would think that you always hear the the full par of like, oh, their their rules are so strict over there and this and that. It's like, you know what? There's rules that are good rules. It's like, don't graffiti or you're going to get caned. Graffiti, and, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. You don't, don't do drugs, you yeah. know, things that are like common no sense. Ch- no chewing gum. Yeah, no chewing gum. That's, no chewing that's gum. one of the ones that are kind of, I think, silly. But at the same time, how many times did you walk down the street and see all the black marks? You know, how cleaner would we be mm. without that? Little things like that, but for the most part, you just, they leave you alone. They let you do what you want to do. Uh, you know, it's, it's mostly um, just a, it's a beautiful, clean country, and it's a very good society to raise individuals in. Uh, and I don't have to deal with snow, so there's... Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what was the time frame between when you guys got engaged and when you got married? Um... I think that we went eight, eight or nine months uh, from that period. Uh, part of it was like we got engaged, but also um, one of the cultural things is there is, is it a dowry? Is it called a dowry? Or? Yeah, a dowry. So they do have a dowry. No, they do. Uh, so I, had a, I paid her dad a dowry. Um, how does that get negotiated? Like, how do you know what to pay? Uh, I just talked to him and, and it's just, Hey, um, you know, for the dowry thing and, and her dad was really cool about it. Like, Oh no, you know, it's fine. You know, he, a little bit of what I, he wasn't like strict. Like from what I understand, some families are like, you have to pay me $20,000 and this and that. And it, no, he was very loving and very much like whatever makes her happy. And, and what is the, the background of the dowry? What does it symbolize? Or for the bride to spend it on like um, bright stuff for the wedding, yeah. The, because for Malay wedding, it's not. It's Malay wedding is actually very grand. So you know, that's the catering, that's the clothes and everything. Um, and then there's also like the gifts, which you, like we exchange gifts. Like the bride has a gifts for the groom, so. The, the, the dowry is partly because of that. So it's the wedding expenditures. That's yeah. really yeah. what it is. That's what it is. And once yeah. again, that's that's going back to the whole uh, different terminology. Different. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. is yeah. We do it, but we don't realize what we're doing type right. of thing. So Interesting. Um, so the wedding, did you guys have, you had it over there? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so how did you do that? Like So I flew <laughs> over, um, I think 
four or five days ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I brought all the, my, ha- my side of the gifts and stuff uh, over. They had my sizes. Um, so they had gotten the clothing done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was over there for, uh, for the most part, it was just kind of, we were fine for the first few days or whatever. And uh, all the decisions had already been pretty much made. Which was great for me. I didn't have to worry about anything. Is that, is that typical? That the woman makes most of the decisions for the wedding? Yeah, generally, yes. Okay, so it wasn't just the distance, it was also... No, it's actually like, for example, like for a Malay wedding, like the, the bride's family will... So traditionally, um, the groom's family would come over to the bride's family and they would do the solemnization and all and then they have a feast there and then once done the groom will take the bride to the groom site and another feast so that is like the real malay tradition but for us it's just like my parents wanted to be clean and quiet and okay how many people were at your wedding Um, like during the actual sit down where I'm sweating and saying the Arabic, <laughs> there was oh, yeah. like 15, 16 people, I think. And Is then, there a video of that? We'd love to see that. I think there was. <laughs> I think they did get it. But he did an amazing job because um, for a Malay wedding, is the groom has to say in Arabic word. So my name is Noreen, but in Arabic is Norain. Norain. So, yes, mm. Norain. So he pronounced it very good. Even the guy who solemnized us, he was like amazed. He was like, even a Malay person couldn't do that, but you can do it. Yep. So rather than being forewarned that I was going to have to speak Arabic at the wedding. <laughs> um, they threw it at you? They, so her dad, <laughs> just in conversation, like a day, the day before was like, hey, have you memorized this? You know what? I, I forget the terminology of it. I'm like, what? And, and I'm looking at her and she's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so the they, day they, before they write it out for me and I'm sitting there like, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> and saying everything. And, uh, was it, is it like vows or is it prayers? It's like a vow, but in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's a very standardized, like it's not, do you know what it means in English? Either one of you? Like I, Lauren Summers will take like, it's yeah. kind of like the. The, 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 the Christian it's very it's yeah. a variation very of the similar, Christian yeah. and uh, but it also has um, part of the Shahada in it as well and uh, so it's it, to tell you exactly what it was it was I mean it, it was all a blur for me honestly as, <laughs> like, I was trying not to mess up because as she had warned me all weddings are a blur <laughs> right yeah, yes. I'm glad well, <laughs> her uh, she had explained to me that um, so my brother-in-law is Scottish and um, her her twin is uh, got a much more difficult name, and when he tried to pronounce all that, they made him restart three times because he didn't he messed up. If you make a mistake, they make you reset it. Re- reset three wow. times, yeah. You have to start it all over. Oh wow! So you go to a part and like, no, no, you have to, you know, basically they're kind of like, hey, you didn't say it all correctly, so it's not valid mm-hmm. type right. of thing. So, and uh, in the in when I. When you're getting married, um, you have two witnesses, two male witnesses that are part of the family as well, and they have to sign off on your wedding certificate. Um, and I was also um, 
one of the witnesses for my younger brother-in-law and I was teasing him about it. Like, Hey, how many times am I going to get to make you restart it? And he was getting real nervous. So, you know, so I, I, I was fortunate enough to not have to say a very difficult name per se, mm -hmm. but I got like six hours to memorize the thing. So I think it balanced out that way. Cause it wow. was, yeah. So, it so was, are you guys legally married in the United States? Yeah, I mean, it carries over. The United States recognizes our marriage as well. But, I mean, it's not like I'm looking for benefits for her. Like, when I do my taxes, mm -hmm. I do them as single because she doesn't have a Social Security number. Mm -hmm. So I'm paying the extra exorbitant because tax. My sister, they live here, but mm -hmm. he's originally from Guatemala. Okay. And they got married in Guatemala, but they had to have a civil ceremony here before they had the religious ceremony there for so, it to be recognized. So I think that just because how strong Singapore is with relations with here. Um, it's recognized both ways. Got it. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. like when she came in, uh, she didn't need like a pre-approved visa or anything. She had an ASTA. So it was literally, she goes on, clicks a button, gets approval within like two or three minutes. And then she comes in and, uh, I was nervous. I thought they're going to take me into a room and interrogate <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was a very smooth, transition i mean their passport's stronger than ours so mm. um they've got the second strongest passport in the world so they can does that mean security wise uh yeah so they have when it comes to how many countries they are able to enter and exit okay. without um because they're part of the shared visa program or how many countries like them uh they so are they're the, allowed yeah, yeah they're they always like kind of fight with germany to be the top like sometimes they're the number one and then germany bumps them and it's back and forth but mm. For the most part, um, you know, for such a small country, they are very well liked. So, so you guys have been married for? Uh, it's one year now. And did you change your name? Yeah, I did. How is that? It's nice. I mean, it's like at work, everyone call me Mrs. Summers. <laughs> so uh, the first time, I'm like, oh, it's a bit funny. So my boss, they would call me uh, Mrs. Summers. Can I talk to you? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some getting used to. It's yeah. an interesting thing to go like through. Like yesterday, when we went to Wrigley, mm -hmm. so they cross off Lauren Summers, and I saw my name right there, Noreen Summers. I'm like, okay, I'm getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys I, want kids? I imagine it was yeah. tough for you, Gene, getting used to Cad Cody and last name. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it took me like three months to say it. Uh. <laughs> Let alone I, spell I couldn't it. even spell it in first grade. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, we we do want kids. We're trying a lot to get them. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. for, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> for you know, it is difficult because you know there is still the distance thing. But yeah, uh, yeah it is definitely in the books um, cool. to keep trying and uh, and it comes down without when it happens, that's where we'll have to have the conversation, like do we want him born in the United States? We want him born in mm. Singapore. Um, Singapore does have some rules that are going to affect the child. Uh, they have compulsory military service or civil service uh, because you could be drafted into a service that is not military. You could have to do auxiliary police force, uh, firefighting, things like that. You don't get a choice. They just, and that's mandatory. Yes. Yep. Um, so it comes down to uh, 
if he's American, he is going to be allowed in Sing- to live in Singapore and raise. But when he turns 18, it's like, hey, you got to do this or you're out type of thing. So, or if you are Singaporean, you just you do it. And mm-hmm. so, it comes down to what kind of choices do we want to give him type of That's thing. That's interesting. So, um, but for it, definitely he'll be raised in Singapore. Um, so long as they let me. Is in. that for boys or girls or just boys? Boys. Just the boys. Yeah, just boys. How many children do you guys want? Ten. One. Wow. One. That's a very one. big difference. There's a one, one in each of those answers. <laughs> <laughs> one has a zero behind it. <laughs> one. You guys are going to have a lot of conversations, yeah. I think. Yeah. So what would you guys, uh, what, what would you say to someone who is kind of considering converting mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of having having this uh kind of multicultural type of relationship, you know, and, and maybe, you know, kind of trying to figure out how to navigate that. What kind of advice would you guys have? I would say they would need to communicate like every day. Communication is key, especially for relationships like that, like multicultural or distance relationship. Mm. I think communication is the key because from that you can talk like, you know, like, you can talk about little things, like things that happens in your everyday life, makes you feel closer. And I think for uh, conversion for any religion, I think it comes down to um, uh, really you have to look inside. You have to decide um, what is the purpose? Why am I doing this? Am I doing it for myself or am I doing it for this? Because this is the rule. I have to do this. Or because if you do it, if you don't do it for yourself, then you shouldn't. You should always do it for yourself, but also do the research. Find out, um, you know, how is this going to affect me long term? What are there rules that I'm going to have to follow, or is it simply a matter of uh, this is a bridge way to to what my beliefs should be, or what I where I want them to be? But also, there are this day and age, there are so many, um, so much re- research out there. It's not like you know, hundreds of years ago where you had to, you just had the Quran or you just had the Bible or um, you just had to go speak to this one individual. You can go online and you can find videos about a little of everything. You can find individuals that have walked that path. Um, you know, you can find people that have struggled in different things um, and they found like, hey, this is actually how I'm applying this. Uh, point in case is actually she sent me a video of an individual that had converted to Islam and one in the video the individual was speaking about why they did it and he explained that he had been looking at uh, Buddhism and Christianity and Islam and uh, when he opened up the Bible and he went and spoke to priests uh, you know they were they had multiple applications to his his questions they were like well you know this is how it we think that it's applied and this is how it can and it kind of changed every time and different people he spoke to whereas when he went and looked at the Quran and he spoke to everybody they were like very specific like this is what this is where it goes and for him that was the right answer um, it, it doesn't mean that it's the right answer for everyone maybe people are looking for more, more versatility uh, in their decisions but the fact that that was in the video and that that was is something that all you have to do is go on YouTube and start researching and things like that that um, 
do the do a lot of research at the end of the day it, and don't think you know it's, it's the internet don't believe everything on the internet type of thing <laughs> yeah go speak to th- people in real life as well but uh definitely use all the resources available but when it comes down to it at the very end it has to be something that it's your choice and you're the one that you can't have those outside sources pushing you to do it it has to be something that you do yourself speaking of outside sources i'm sure that you've run into any opinions or criticism you know about obviously being in the military Mm -hmm. and then converting over to islam right and so what would you say to people who have thoughts like that especially here in the united states Uh, i think it comes down to just being pc and not uh, using strong words here Uh, i think it comes down to those individuals that are criticizing anything they are the ones that have something wrong in their life. They're the ones that um, need to make the change themselves. Like they, you can't let them affect you because those individuals that are expressing negativity or those individuals that are trying to bring you down, they're not worth it in life. They, do, you, do you think there's a? It comes from a lack of understanding. Partially, I think that you know, that just they're not educated in the correct manner. It doesn't mean that they're not smart or that they're not educated. I think that it just comes down to what they were taught is influencing how they, they're very Freudian in mm-hmm. that sense. They didn't go and they didn't uh, do the research themselves. They are very, this is, they've got their blinders on. Like a prejudgment. Of, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think when it comes down to it is their negative comments and their, they're the one, them making judgments on that it shouldn't matter if I'm in the military or if I've didn't serve or whatever. It should be, this choice is for me. It shouldn't, my choices shouldn't affect you. Like how is Mm -hmm. what I do on my daily life going to affect you at all? So it should be, I'm sorry that I'm making you unhappy, but at the end of the day, it's right for me and it's going to make me happy. I hope you enjoy your life and I hope you have a good time, but, and you should, you know, just move about your own path type of thing. And I think that's what people need to, consider doing is just don't dwell on that negativity it shouldn't be that they're they shouldn't affect you mm-hmm. did you have anything to add to that noreen nope. no no <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that your partner does that you know they love you little things like he would charge my phone before i go to sleep I was like, oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> I would just throw my phone on his desk and just go to sleep. And then he, just recently, he would download for me this show, like all episodes, mm-hmm. a few episodes. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And then, yeah, besides that, when he travels here, like when we're dating, he would travel here every, like every four or five months. So I know that, yep. He's the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, she puts up with me. You know? No, she she's just uh, very very warm and loving. And very very. Uh, um, it's a matter of she doesn't have to do some things, but she does. For example, um, hey, I want to play my games or whatever. She's like, no, go ahead. I'm gonna, you know, I'm here. I just want to be in the room with you and just I just feel loved by her, no matter what we're doing. Together, it's not, uh, you know, there is that additive of, oh, she's nagging me and stuff, but she does it like, it's fun. You know, I love it. Like, it's it's 
granted you asked me that question in 20 years we'll probably have a different conversation <laughs> but uh we're still kind of i think in that even though it's been a year it, we're still that honeymoon phase and stuff but i think it's just a matter of uh um i just feel very loved by her and she's very very understanding of hey i'm still learning things in the in the relationship especially when it comes to the religious side and she's not she doesn't prejudge and quickly say hey you're not doing this right or whatever it's more um teaching and learning at the same time jointly so i think that you know for me that's kind of how she shows me that she loves me it's very obvious i mean we've known you for what eight nine years something yeah. like that yeah, you guys have we just met you today but you you look like you're at home you look like really happy and really at peace yeah and we wish you guys all the best thank you thank you <laughs> lawrence and noreen for joining us on couples energy today this is quite a pleasure you know human beings have been sharing stories for thousands of years to bond and to heal and to grow and we hope that by you guys sharing your story it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners thank you for all you listening please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review if you have any questions comments or topic suggestions please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com for more information about couple synergy and our programs such as relationship 101 the couple's weekend intensive and our premier program called couple to couple look us up online at couplesynergy.com until next time synergize your life synergize your love You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.